Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the year to you. Brian Buffini here with a big announcement. You know, my father always told me it's never good to be a name dropper. And throughout my 25 years of speaking and presenting and interviewing some extraordinary people, I've, I've had a chance to meet a lot of great folks. But I'm not dropping any of their names today. In fact, the name I'm about to drop is my own. The Brian Buffini Show is about to become the It's a Good Life Show. I'm not having a midlife crisis or anything, don't worry about me. But I've really been reflecting over the past 12 months on what I want to do and what I want to contribute in this next season of my life. The Brian Buffini Show started on St. Patrick's Day 2016. And we've broadcast 310 episodes with over 13 million downloads in over 170 countries. The show started to provide an outlet for event content I was doing in front of live audiences. And I wanted to reach a broader base of people who weren't actually fortunate enough to be in those live events. Now it started out in the real estate business and and to build a bridge ultimately beyond real estate to a larger audience. And you guys have been a phenomenally loyal audience to this show. And uh, you've referred this show to a bunch of people. And uh, I thank you for it. You've written me a lot of notes. And what I've decided is to take an even deeper step with all of you. We are renaming and rebranding our podcast to the It's a Good Life show. And in the coming weeks and months, you'll understand why. Why this name is so important to me and near and dear to my heart. But ultimately, why I believe this show called It's a Good Life will serve so many more people in such a deeper way in the future. You know, prior to COVID, the world was already a tense and stressed and anxious place. But today, the landscape is even murkier, more hostile, and less humane. I made a commitment to reach as many people as I can from all walks of life. You know, I've always been known as the real estate guy, and and with good reason. I spent 10 years as a real estate agent, and the next 25 years building the largest real estate training and coaching company in the world. But along the way, I discovered people wanted a lot more than just what I had to share about real estate and selling homes. And the very system I actually taught was work by referral, live the good life. And now I see more and more people not only uh, in need of the good life, but also the type of inspiration and the strategies it takes to live the good life. So from this point on, this show will be referred to as the It's a Good Life podcast. You as our listener won't really notice much of a difference. Your RSS feed We'll continue to download the episodes automatically. But what you will have is the opportunity to share this show with even more people from whatever walk of life they're in. Anyone who wants to feel better, think better, and do better. That's what this show is about, and that's who we want to help. You're also going to notice more frequency of episodes. I'm making more of a commitment to this program. You'll see higher profile interviews that I'll be doing as I'm making more and more of a full-time commitment to filling you up with the good stuff. Now, it takes a significant commitment of staff and resources to put this podcast on. People really don't understand that. We've been doing this show for free for five years. I have a bunch of staff, a facility, all kinds of expenses already associated with it, and we're about to make an even greater investment. So to really take the next step, we've been blessed uh, to have some sponsors and advertisers step up as we make this more substantial investment to reach more people. People have been trying to advertise on this show for years and years and years. We've hand-selected the people who are going to promote and market their goods and services on this show. It's products and services we believe in. We've partnered with them. And uh, as our loyal audience, I hope that you 
will understand who these folks are and give them a shot at your business in the months and years to come. So welcome to the very first episode of the It's a Good Life podcast. But as usual, I have three main points for you. And I want to talk about getting the year off to a good start. So I'm talking about having good habits for a good life, good habits for a good life. And I have three main points for you. The first one is kind of the warning. There's too much comfort in our comfort zone. So if you want to have a good life, which ultimately sounds comfortable to people, you ultimately don't want to have too much comfort. Second, uh, we're going to talk about how it's time to reflect. It's time to reflect, and we want to feel better, think better, do better. And then we're going to get into some how-tos, which is uh, good goals lead to a good year. So let's kind of dive right in. You know, it's true. What we want is comfort. We all want comfort, especially when we're stressed. During COVID, people were eating comfort food and developed habits of comfort. We got to stay at home and be more comfortable. But I want to share that definitely there's some good parts to comfort, but a life full of comfort is not a good life. And we're going to talk about that. Comfort by definition is a pleasant and satisfying feeling of being physically or mentally free from pain and suffering. Well, geez, that sounds pretty good. I'd like to be free from pain and suffering, and wouldn't we all? The dynamic is, unfortunately, human beings grow under stress. I was having a conversation with my son Alex last night, and he was sharing you know, a little, a little uh, sticker he has in his car, and it says, uh, tough times produce tough men. Tough men produce good times. Good times produce weak men. It's kind of a reminder for himself when things aren't going so good that there's a blessing to the tough times and that what it produces. It ultimately produces some good. Our muscles grow under stress. Now, we don't want to be stressed out, but under pressure of movement and activity and, and trying to grow, our muscles grow when we put them under stress. The actual the fibers have micro tears in them, and as those tears are healed back up, that's where you feel that lactic acid when you first start working out. That's the healing process taking place. And what's happened is those muscles are getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're getting fitter. And so that's what we need to do. So I'm going to talk about that. Too much comfort in our comfort zone. So the first thing that happened with that is COVID. We basically had a worldwide state-imposed mandates and orders to stay at home. Stay at home. And with that came all kinds of things. And this has gone on and on and on for an extended period of time. And it's produced some good things, and it's produced some not-so-good things, and some habits that we've drifted into that seem very comfortable. But do you think about it? Like, if you picture the comfort zone, right? Someone's sitting back in their chair, feet up. They have whatever their snack of choice is, whatever their comfort food is of choice. They have a beverage in hand, feet up, watching the box. Now, that's the picture of comfort. What if a person stays in that place? I mean, what, what if you stayed like that for 24 hours or 48 hours or 72 hours? You wouldn't be able to move. You'd be so stiff. You'd feel sick eating that type of food all the time. Mentally, you wouldn't be that sharp just sitting there watching TV or program after program after program. So here's the definition of a comfort zone. It's meant to rest and recover and to be of comfort. It's not meant to be a permanent state. And it sure as heck is not a key ingredient to the good life. So COVID produced some habits, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Next, stay-at-home has produced a work-life shift culturally that's kind of extraordinary. 16% of companies globally, according to Owl Labs, are now fully remote. 100% of their staff are remote. 
For over 500 days, Buffini Company had all of its staff working from home. And now we have people come in a couple of days a week, you know, off and on, and that kind of stuff. 45% of full-time U.S. employees work from home, uh, either all, 25%, or part of the time, 20%. Uh, again, that's cool. Uh, there's some good things that's come out of that. There's some work-life balance things that have come out of that. But I'm also going to say this to you. People do better together. People inspire one another. People champion one another. Physical connection and interaction, the electricity between people. When that stuff is missing, it becomes comfortable. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. And so this is another part of it. And I'm not saying if you're working from home, you're doomed. I'm just going to say this. If you're working from home, you'd better have some good habits in your life so that you get out and about, up and around, intentionally interact with people, intentionally seek out fellowship and connection. You better have that in your plan. Otherwise, uh, you'll find yourself in the lazy boy emotionally, personally, even spiritually. And then the third thing I see with uh, too much comfort in a comfort zone is isolation. You know, it's funny when you're home, right? You don't really have to get dressed up to go to work or, you know, those kinds of things. The bra sales went in the tank, shaving went down, all that kind of stuff. I saw a funny little uh, bumper sticker there. My boyfriend's been working from home so long, he now refers to pants as hard pants, you know, because he's sitting around the home wearing sweats all the time. Well, you know, again, it's comfortable, but I just don't know that we go through life wearing sweats all day long or you end up with a sweats mindset. A great friend of mine, he's a speaker named Joe Ehrman, said to me one time, he said, Brian, when I hear you speak, I always hear you bring comfort to the afflicted and you tend to afflict the comfortable. You know, if that's the case, then fair enough. And so if you're a little too comfortable today, I hope to afflict you. I hope to challenge you to get out of your comfort zone, get out and about. I've been kind of upping my social media game and I've also made a commitment. I'm out and about, I'm traveling, I'm visiting places, I'm doing things with my kids and family. So I've been posting these pictures from all over the world and and I always get a few comments. You know, why are you doing this? You know, you should be staying indoors. And again, I understand that people have sensibilities towards COVID and masks and vaccines and all that stuff. But I will also tell you that throughout history, there have always been people who've been in fear, living small lives. When they see somebody living a big life, not being in fear, they try to pull you down. And now with COVID, they have a justification for it. You're being unsafe because you made a commitment to go see your mom in Ireland. You're not being safe because you brought your kids to a football game in Texas. And so here's the thing I want to say. I'm respectful of people. I'm respectful of wishes. I don't get involved in politics. It's too small. But I will say this. I have no time for people who want to bring me down because they're fearful, they're scared, and they're not going outside. What I want to do is champion people who want to get outside who want to get back to living a good life, who want to get back and travel, who want to see people and see the world, who want to achieve great things. That's what I'm after. And I'll lead the fearful people to live fearful lives. They'll always be with you, and they'll always be with us. There'll always be people who are fearful, scared, and small. And it's okay. That's how you get to choose your life. That's what the freedom of life is. It's just not my life. It's also not my audience. Now, if you've been drifting into that comfortable stuff, and it's time to get out of it, great. Then my second major point's for you. It's time to reflect. It's time to reflect. I have a couple of quick questions for you. What good habits did you pick up in the last 12 months? So there's some good things from the recent circumstances. What good habits, and I want you to make a list of your good habits, something you picked up in the last 12 months, and I'm going to share in a couple days with you 
my best habits. And I'm going to do a little bonus episode for you. I kind of my best habits, what's working well for me. I'll also share some of the things I've drifted into. And that's my second thing. Where have you drifted in the last 12 months? And then what are the one or two habits you need to introduce to your life to have a great year, to have a great year? So those are a couple of things. So first of all, what good habits did you pick up in the last 12 months? You know, a habit is a pattern of behavior acquired by frequent repetition. So what's a good habit you picked up in the last 12 months? Something you've started doing and you've started doing frequently. And I want you to think about this because you put this away and you put this in your mindset and your psyche. Like, yeah, that's right. I do do that. And, you know, give yourself a little pat on the back and also reinforce, yeah, I'm doing this and it's a good thing to do. The more difficult one is where have you drifted in the last 12 months? Now, sometimes it's hard to reflect upon those things ourselves. And so this is where I, I'll just tell you what I did, which is I sat down with my bride. We went out to a really nice place for dinner. We had a really nice time. And then I said to her, you know, I'm doing a little work for the new year. Where have you seen me drift in the last 12 months where I'm not quite on it the way I was on it? And, you know, of course, she doesn't want to hurt my feelings or whatever else. But I said, no, look, I, I, want, I want this. And she shared a couple of things. A couple of them were, yeah, yeah, I had that on my list. And then one of them was like, oh, really? Jeez. So sometimes we need a little bit of that and you need a little bit of intestinal fortitude to go ask the ones you love that maybe, you know, you're open to grow. You want to change. You want to be your best and that you're open to it. And hopefully the person has enough skill to be able to communicate it without hitting you over the head with a sledgehammer. George Bernard Shaw said, to be in hell is to drift. To be in heaven is to steer. And drift sounds like not too damaging a thing, but if you drift at sea, you die. And so to be in hell is to drift. To be in heaven is to steer. If you want to have a good year, you got to steer this year. And the first thing you got to steer is your own habits, your own life, your own patterns. And then lastly, uh, what are the one or two habits you need to introduce to your life for a great year? And again, in a couple of days, I'm going to give you a few tips on this. But Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, it's a habit. Now, that's from a couple thousand years ago, you know, and it's pretty wise stuff. You know, we are what we repeatedly do. What do you repeatedly do? And is there a possibility to change? Of course there is. Of course there is. So we examine kind of the comfort zone and what that looks like. Then we do a bit of reflection. Now, maybe we can do something about it. So this might be helpful for you. I think so. I've helped a lot of people in this area over the last 25 years. In seminars alone, we've had 3 million people write out their goals. And the reason for it is, you know, I was a young fella. I was trying to achieve. I was ambitious. I was struggling. And I came across someone who taught me how to set a goal properly. And that day changed my life. I know where I was. I was at the Del Mar Hilton, and I was at a seminar. I learned a technique that was developed by a man by the name of Lou Tice. And I wrote a goal. And I wrote a goal in a way, first of all, I'd never written a goal before. But I wrote a goal in a way I had never written before. And it was transformative. That really changed everything for me. So I've been teaching goal setting for 25 years. I have tens of thousands of clients who've just said, this has all changed our life forever. And this is really a great habit to get into. And so a goal is different than a New Year's resolution. I've seen the stats over the years. You know, 25 years ago, used to be all 10% of people set New Year's resolutions. And then it became 78% of people set New Year's resolutions. And then it was like two years ago, it was back to like 13% of people set New Year's resolutions because they don't work. And that might be true because habits are hard to break. 
But goals are a big deal. And goals are not resolutions. Goals are where you're resolved. And there are different type of goals that you need to set. So the first thing is you want to do a five-circle assessment, okay? You want to do a five-circle assessment, and it's where are you spiritually? And we do this little resource that we have where spiritual, family, business, financial, personal. Personal is physical and emotional well-being. And rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. And the key ingredient is you should go through this, okay, spiritually I'm at this, and in our family relationships right now, we're over here in, in my health, I'm here, my financial life is here. And this is the key to success, you know, especially in America, because someone writes down, I'm a five. You might be very generous to yourself, or you might be being very harsh to yourself. But success is 10. And I say, if you want to have a good year, success is going from a five to a six. Now, you might say, man, that, that's not life-changing. But if you go to a from a five to a six spiritually, and you go from a six to a seven in your family, and you went from a four to a five in your finances, and you went from a six to a seven in your business, and you went from a four to a five in your health, all together, it's a massive change. It's a massive change. All five areas see one complete digit of improvement. All together, it becomes quantum. And next thing you know, you've had this major leap. Because the other dynamic of human beings is when we go, oh my gosh, I'm 100 pounds overweight, I'm going to lose 100 pounds, I'm going to do it in 90 days or six months, the chances of that happening are almost zero. It's too overwhelming. Your subconscious mind goes into terror mode and snaps on the brakes. So we need to do a five-circle assessment on a scale of one to 10. Where are you? And I believe we have a little resource that we're going to give you as our very first episode on the It's a Good Life show here that we're going to give you so you can take and do that. And then we're going to have you write some goals. And the goals are going to be 10-day goals and then 10-month goals. And the 10-day goals are ultimately, 10-day is what gets you started. And that's the key. You just need some momentum. And once you get some momentum, man, you start to feel, as, I, as my mother says in the Irish blessing, may the wind always be at your back. Well, when you're doing 10-day goals and you're checking off the box, you feel like the wind is at your back. You're moving towards the good life. You've written something down, you made a commitment, and you started doing it. And what do we know about writing a goal down? as opposed to having a goal in mind. Most people have goals in mind. It is seven times more likely to happen when you have a goal that's written down as opposed to a goal in mind. So we need to get the ball rolling. So we're going to assess ourselves. Where are we at on a scale of one to 10? I'm going to do 10 days. I'm going to try to improve each area of my life by one. I'm going to to do this one thing. It's spiritually. I'm going to do this one thing in my family. I'm going to do this one thing with my finances. I'm going to do this one thing for my health. And it can be something simple. Friend of mine said, I'm going to stop drinking pop and start drinking water. Fantastic. I mean, that's huge. Over the course of a year, transformative to that person's health. Okay. So we do the 10 days and then we do a 10 months. And 10 months is really kind of brings a deeper level of motivation. So if you want to get that assessment to find out where you are and rate yourself a little bit in each one of the five circles, or you want to get the 10 day and the 10 month goal sheets. Just go to itsagoodlife.com and you can download those, write out your goals, do the assessment. You'll be well on your way to having a good year. A goal by very nature is the end to which all effort is directed. The end to which all effort is directed. Have you ever felt like you wasted some effort? Have you ever felt like you're spinning your wheels? You know, maybe right now you're just like, you're done with it. I'm going to tell you a little story. My mom was coming up to her 91st birthday. My dad's about to have his 90th birthday. 
My brother Dermot was home visiting them. I was, uh, I'd been traveling a lot, just did a big event in Tennessee, went to visit my in-laws in Georgia, Bev's parents. And I said, my gosh, I'm almost here. You know, I'm only, I'm only a few hours away and it's only a few hours time difference. So I had my assistant FedEx, my passport to me. We booked a flight. I got on the plane and on my mom's 91st birthday, I went strolling down the road. The flower shop around the corner is called Dundrum Blooms. And I had, I always have flowers ordered for me, ma'am. I went, picked them up, and I delivered them in person. And it was fabulous. It was absolutely fabulous. But my mom and dad, you know, 91 and 90, Ireland had very, very serious lockdown restrictive practices in place. And other than going to doctor's appointments, my mother hadn't sat outside the house in two years. So myself and my brother took a bit of cajoling, took a bit of discussing, a bit of negotiation. And we got her to go up to the golf club. And we've been members of a golf club for years. It's a real working man's club, fantastic people called Newlands at Newlands Cross. We went up there. My mother used to head up the women's golf and girls golf. And she was just a great supporter of uh, getting young girls into golf and everything else. So we went up there on Ladies' Day, which happened to be her birthday. A lot of her old friends started coming by one at a time to say hello, pay their respects. They went out and got a birthday cake for her. And we just had a great day. We had a meal. We had a great day. And she kind of got back to what life used to be like prior to COVID. She'd been at home in her comfort zone and had become, without knowing it, extremely uncomfortable. She turned to me and she said, enough, enough of COVID. Like I had a bit of life today. It felt like a bit of life today. My gosh, I realize how small I've been living. And I had a great day today. And, you know, let's see if we can do another one of these. She realized she'd gotten into some bad habits. She realized it was so hard to get her to, to do this. Her thinking wasn't great. She wasn't feeling great. She wasn't thinking great. And because of that, she wasn't doing great. We had a great time at home. It was fantastic. A rejuvenative time. And the fact of the matter is, a lot of people are in that spot who aren't 91 years of age. There's a lot of talk now and a lot of very definitive statements of what we need to do and how we need to do it. And it's all justified around a national, international health crisis and so on and so forth. And all of that is true. And you, but you, here's the thing. If you take a vaccine and wear a mask and do all that stuff, you can take everything. Do all that stuff if you want, whoever you are. But the fact of the matter is there are people who are playing small. There are people who are full of fear. There are people who intend to not achieve much, and they don't want you to do it either. And they want you to stay fearful just with them, because misery, as my mom always said, loves company. Well, that's not what this show is about, and that's not what I'm hitting the airwaves about. I want to encourage people to live the good life as I try to live the good life myself. A very example of the good life is being here with all of you today, and pouring my heart and soul and all of our team preparing all of this work to try to bless your life. We do have a little too much comfort in our comfort zone. It is time to reflect. And it is time to get the good life goals and get that little resource. Download that. Do the homework assignment. Write out your goals and get it set up. Now, with all that said, I'm going to leave you today with the newly revitalized Therese Buffini, who's taught me a lot about the good life. We're going to continue on the tradition of the Brian Buffini show by having my mom finish off our broadcast with an Irish blessing. And as I hope you hear this Irish blessing in a new way today, that it's ultimately ushering in for you a new life, a good life. Thanks for joining us. I'm excited about the future. 
Tell your friends. Let them know. If people who want to feel better, think better, and do better, we've got a program for them. We'll see you next time. God bless. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Thank you.